It's time for Getting Down to Business with Mark Mondo. This new show discusses trends, technology, and tactics to help the listener learn more about improving sales, saving money, and fulfilling a personal mission through entrepreneurship. To getting down to business with Mark Mondo on WVLP 103.1 FM. I'm your host, Mark Mondo. We're on the air in Valparaiso, Indiana, and you can listen to us streaming on the website at wvlp.org or use the TuneIn app on your mobile device and look for WVLP. 103.1 FM WVLP is a local nonprofit radio station based in Valparaiso, Indiana. This show, like many of the shows on WVLP, are made possible by the generosity of donors and underwriters. We accept donations at WVLP.org. Simply click on the support tab and make a one-time donation or sustained pledge to WVLP. All donations are tax deductible. Underwriters are made up of businesses and organizations that support the shows on WVLP. Getting down to business with Mark Mondo would like to thank Homes by Hortensia, a Coldwell Banker affiliate in Porter County, Indiana, for their support. Homes by Hortensia has served the region's residential real estate needs in Indiana for over 12 years. Contact Hortensia Moreno or Tiffany Zorio at 219-249-5118 or visit homesbyhortensia.com. Homes by Hortensia, habla español. Thanks for being here this afternoon. Today, I'm going to talk a bit more tactical and practical about how you can get a lot of cheap and sometimes even free software to help you run a business. And to keep me on point and on time is my producer, Star Soprano, and my wife, Mrs. Cynthia Zimmerman. Greetings. I'm glad to be here for our fourth show. Let's get to it then. Uh, yes. What I'm going to do is take the free tools and how a company will start with a website that's selling uh, professional services. I think that's the easiest company to get started with. And what we're going to do is take you from a website and then work our way out on all the other tools you can use to get started. And, you know, ironically, I'm having a play against myself here because I part of my company does sell software, so it might sound contradictory that I'm showing people how to get away with free software. But I believe that entrepreneurs have to start up. If you have to start in a shoestring budget, uh, I'm glad to help. And then when the time is right, you grow and you, you bring in whoever you need to get the business to the next level. But we all have to start somewhere. And I will share my experience and my software industry experience to help you as an a, an entrepreneur getting started. So first and foremost, you have to have a website. You can't run around with just a Gmail address. You need a professional domain name. Let's say mondocrm.com or markthecoach.com or 
I haven't had a website for a while called mondo.coffee. You can get domain names. Usually .com is preferred because it's .commercial and it's accepted nationally and globally. The challenge behind a .com name is a lot of the good one names are taken. So you're probably going to have to wind up using a combination of a personal name or something or something unique to yourself. There are other top-level domain names like .biz.org as well, but I think starting with .com is a good start. So where do you go for something like that? We, we've researched a couple companies, and I think what you need to do is instead of getting really complicated web design software, you just need to get something out of the gate and started quickly. Uh, a few places that I, I like are, we, one is called Weebly.com, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. I did some research on that. They have a, several packages, and one of them is even for the low, low price of free. You can go to GoDaddy. That's a real popular one in the States. Uh, they, they, have, they usually, what they'll do is they'll sell the domain name for like a dollar. And then as a promotion, and then now not all domain names can be a dollar because you can actually, if you wanted to buy like business.com or chicago.com and someone's trying to sell that, you could pay a small fortune. You know, some people will try to hold on to domain names like assets they can buy and trade like properties or trading cards even. That's a little bit of a tangent. All right, let's get back into providers. So there's GoDaddy. Uh, another company that we can we know is called Zoho Sites. It's a program called Zoho Sites. That product is usually about, you can pay as low as 20 bucks a year. And then what you can have from there is a, you, you will need to get an email address. And those are usually available for $5 a month. Again, can you get Gmail for free? Yeah. Can you get yahoo.com for free or AOL? Sure. But you're just not going to be looked at professionally. So I, I just, you just can't. I'll say it again. You can't. Get a professional domain name. And the domain names usually cost, so you have your website fee, then you pay a yearly fee for a domain name. And now you can get a domain registered for one year, two years, three years. I don't know what the maximum is. I usually renew the domain once a year, and then I have it set up on auto pay. And they'll, say it's 20 bucks a year, they'll upsell some services like domain privacy information. So for instance, for mondocrm.com, I don't want my home address published on the web. So what I do is I pay, I think it's another five to 10 bucks a year, and I use a private registrar service. So if you see that option, just take it you know, for the money. And then in, so if they look up mondocrm.com, they don't see my home address in Gray's Lake. They will see a anonymous registrar instead. Keep your privacy. All right, well, once you have a website, now, if you're going for the low-budget shoestring, which is fine, you have to make sure, you got to make sure what your limits are. Be, be aware of what your limits are. So some of the limits include the number of pages, how much storage is, and especially support. If you're going to get a very inexpensive website hosting provider, you're not going to get somebody on the phone you know, on demand, 24 hours a day, just to help you design a website. Most likely it's email or chat. You know, you get like a chat bot. And then 
I don't know if they're 24 hours. Usually they're just business nine to five to get support. And, but most of these companies usually have a very easy website builder. So you can do it yourself or you could do a website builder. Or if you really want to do your own coding, you could, but just use the website builder because you just need to get up a couple pages, your homepage, your about page, a contact page, maybe two or three pages about your services, and then some links to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, just get simple, get started. All right, so I'm going to go into the no-go zone for a startup when it comes to building a website. There is a program out there, you've probably all heard of it, called WordPress. WordPress has a humongous market share in the, in the website hosting world. And we use, I do use, full disclosure, I do use it at Mondo CRM to host our website, but it is a bear to learn. I took classes years ago, and although it, it can be free, your learning curve outweighs the benefit of free. You're going to wind up investing a lot of time learning it. You're going to wind up trying to find plugins. Even though the plugins are free, there's no support for them. And if they break and if they collide, you see two plugins you get don't like each other and WordPress dies, no one's going to be there to help you. So you have to learn how to be your own tech support engineer and then start learning how to disable plugins and testing what works and what doesn't. Um, it is It becomes a labor of love and in some cases a labor of hate. For those who listened to episode two with Vivek Gargav, the poor guy became, what's the word, a trauma, traumatized. When it came to WordPress, we brought him into WordPress. He will now run away from WordPress, even though it's really cool and you can make really cool pages, great visualizations and effects. The support became too hard. So I don't recommend WordPress if if it's not your core competency and your professional services selling something else. Don't don't go to WordPress. May I just say at our office we started with WordPress and in marketing, we were trying to learn how to put the plugins in some of the back end writing with a bit of support from them. But because we kept needing more and more support, uh, they suggested that we either up our subscription or find a, a third party. And we found our best for our budget was finding a third party. So they work directly with WordPress to make any changes for us. And it's worth the money. So sometimes you have to decide where they invest. And it should be where you don't have the expertise is where you should probably invest. So, you know, you're not wasting time and energy to get your business off the ground. Yeah, because your focus is going to be marketing and sales, I think, rather than back office screwing around with the website doing tech support. Uh, for that. So uh, thank you, Cynthia, for chiming in and, you know, my anecdotal, uh, supporting my anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. uh, some other things I don't recommend is starting your company uh, just on a Facebook page or a link, or, you know, maybe you can get away with a LinkedIn page only. Uh, if you're really just getting started and you, Hey, look, I just got a LinkedIn profile. I'm just, I'm still getting everything up and running. We recommend eventually getting something started and again, there's a lot of affordable platforms like, uh, like I said, Weebly, and then I'm sure I'll come up with some other ideas along the way. But those are some really easy uh, places to start. Squarespace, I, I know, does a lot of advertising. Uh, they are not the cheapest. Uh, I'm sure they're good software, but I did not see a free option 
Um, I want to start. I want to start diving into a couple other places with website stuff. Now, some people might say, "Well, I don't want to be a professional services firm. I just want to get online and sell stuff." You know, I hear about these drop shipping classes, and there's Amazon and e-commerces. Uh, you know, here here to stay, and it's a trillion dollar market and whatever. Sure, you can get e-commerce stuff, but it is not free. The two most popular, the most popular platform out there is called Shopify. Uh, I haven't played with it personally. It's 40 bucks a month, but it seems to be an industry standard. And a lot of plugins will talk to Shopify and a lot of payment gate payment systems will talk to Shopify. So it's really cool. But again, I know our sample is more about a professional services firm, but if you're putting in some e-commerce options, like I want to prepay for some hours or something, or prepay for some products or a book you may sell, you could go into something like Shopify, but I, you know, it's not free, um, but we're trying to stay in the uh, free zone. Um, I'll accommodate one other e-commerce uh, platform that we used. Uh, it's called Zoho Commerce. And I, during COVID, that was my hobbies uh, to, I tried to market a brand of coffee called Mondo.coffee or Mondo Genuine Coffee. So that was my hobby to try to wait out COVID. Um, I got the all the backend stuff to work. I got the e-commerce site working. I got all the bags ordered. I did all the backend work prob- possible, but I just ran out of gas when it came to marketing investment. So, but um, I'm glad to share my experience with anybody who wants to learn more about e-commerce and trying to market coffee. I love the lack of tech support. However, the marketing was starting to get a little bit ridiculous. So, how much is the Zoho e-commerce? Uh, oh, it was uh, the, the sorry the starting the starting package was twenty seven dollars a month. Oh, okay. And then you can go up based on how many more products and sales you have and so forth. But that's I just looking at the starter kits for mm-hmm. people getting off the ground. So that that's my thoughts on e-commerce. All right. Now, another thing that's obviously really popular as you're now going to get into some more marketing and your content marketing that goes into the website. So let's say you want to do video as part of your content strategy um, or using video just as a daily tool for communication, for, for your marketing, your ideas. Uh, there are two main main service platforms that we we work with. Uh, one is called YouTube. I think everybody's heard of that. The great news about YouTube is it's free. The cost is the best. It's got some inline editing tools, but you don't get as much privacy options with your videos. So it may just serve as more of a marketing purpose, but if you want to keep the video, I'll call it in-house for lack of a better phrase. So Let's say you have a web page, and when the video is done, you're, you're having a video that talks about yourself and how wonderful you are. It's like your own infomercial on your page. You want to use something like Vimeo because when the video plays through and the video is over, you don't want it to suggest other pages like your competitors. YouTube will do that because it's YouTube. It's like, oh, I'll tell you other places to go. But Vimeo will keep that video in-house, so to speak, or inside your account. And it'll only suggest either other videos within your channel at most. So that's, uh, it's, Vimeo's free. You have a free version and there's some limits with it. You know, how many videos you can upload a day and how much storage you can have. But for free, it's pretty darn awesome. And YouTube, I don't, 
yeah, I don't have to bark at that. I mean, it's it's really good for video for marketing. It's say I wanted to create a video on how to play with Zoho CRM for uh, artificial intelligence. I would definitely publish that on YouTube first because I want people to look. If people are looking for using Zoho for artificial intelligence, then my video will have more be more likely to be found. And how much is Vimeo? Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Um, there's a free version, and then the one I pay for is about 80 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. It's very reasonably priced. Yeah, These tools are getting better. Mm-hmm. And actually, I found something else that is even cheap, cheaper and better. Well, I don't know if it's better, but it's definitely cheaper. It's called for video editing. So let's say you're doing all this video on your phone. And I was always curious on how all these uh, the younger generation using TikTok make these really you know, decent looking videos with music and graphics and emojis and how they do all that so fast without a full studio. Well, they, I've, I've just found out, I'm sure this has already been in use for a couple of years. They use something called cap cut, like baseball cap cut, C-A-P-C-U-T. And I believe it's actually made by the owners of TikTok, which is called ByteDance. And the price is right. It, it's free. And if you're making video that's edit, its output is social media, boy, that's pretty cool. It's, uh, you can put it on your mobile app. You can run it from a browser or a Windows desktop. They don't have a Mac desktop version of that. So you can actually slap some videos together, show some titles, do some, spe- you know, do some subtitles. So if you want to put it, if you have a heavy accent or just want the titles in there so people don't have to, don't have to, have the sound on, but see what you want to say, it will turn the t- uh, speech to text. So it is for the price, it's pretty phenomenal. My my colleague in England, who you talked to on episode two, his name is Vivek, I think is starting to use CapCut, and he is going to start going down the line of TikTok. I have resisted. I hope to resist <laughs> even longer. So, uh, but hey, if you're doing a, a consumer brand and you got to get video done out there, I, I think CapCut is probably, you know, if you're not already using it, it seems pretty cool uh, for the little I've played with it. So I'm going to go on to podcasting. So part of your marketing is to podcast like we're doing here. Uh, the, the platform I'm using is called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. They got a free version. It'll store up to five hours for free. So it gives you a chance to learn the learn the mechanics of how to manage a podcast and yeah i'll i'm gonna be self uh self i will be i'll be direct we're still learning some of the podcast tools here mm-hmm. and what i did is i dove in and i got the uh next level of Podbean, and it's 108 bucks a year and it's unlimited storage so it's really affordable, but hey, if you're getting started on a budget and you just want to learn stuff, I found Podbean for up to five hours for free. If you want to look for something else that hosts your podcasting, you just do a search for Podbean hosts or podcast, excuse me, podcast hosting, and you will find other tools. But that's the one we found, and you really don't want to dedicate your website that you bought, let's say you got from GoDaddy earlier to try to host your podcast because you're going to run out of storage space quickly and they will probably not let you have that much bandwidth. So let's say you have a hundred people trying to watch your podcast or download your podcast simultaneously. That will probably limit the bandwidth on those cheaper websites. 
All right, so now we're trying to evolve this website. So you have your website, you got video, but now you're trying to create imagery for the for the website. And I think in your tool bag for your, your firm, you have to have a, a, a piece of software that edits images. Now, Adobe Photoshop is a almost become a verb, kind of like Xerox is for photocopiers. I'm going to Photoshop this. You all hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can get Adobe Photoshop, but you will pay dearly. The good news is it's powerful. It's great. If you're a professional, you got to get into Photoshop. But I found a couple programs for the low, low price of free that can get most of the functionality you need for everyday use for non-graphic designers like me. Uh, one has actually got a great name. It's called GIMP. G-I-M-P. Yes, it is. And like what does out, that stand for? It does not bring out the GIMP, but it actually stands <laughs> for the GNU Image Manipulation Program. GNU is a light, a commer, a, what they call like an open source com- license where it's basically free. There, there's a group of people out there called the open source community that will put out software for free. And once in a while, you, you can buy a free plugin or sorry, you can, you can buy commercial plugins for it, but the source code is free. The good news is it's powerful. The bad news is it's a little, if you don't know Photoshop or you don't have that background, I think it's a little overwhelming and I don't get a lot done with it. And I kind of use it as my last tool out of despair, but Hey, it's out there. (laughs) It's out of despair. I'm like, it's the last minute. What do I do? Oh my God. I'll use the GIMP. Okay. Uh, There's another program called paint.net. Another program we use. So let's say you take a great digital, a digital camera image of let's say your office space or you're an architect, you create a great, beautiful photograph of a building you're working on and you want high photo quality and you want to print that out. So you need an image with a lot of data in it, but on the web, you don't want really thick images, even though they're pretty, it takes too long to download. So you have to compress the image and rather than trying to make it smaller, you you can go to a website called compressor.io and you upload that image and it will compress the image for you. It's a little subtle, but you'll use that when you do email marketing campaigns and put your images up there on the website because you want, especially in those cases, you don't people don't won't wait more than three seconds now. We're spoiled as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. For other image editing, you can. I, I don't know the Macintosh world. I, I can only tell you about Windows, and Windows are still MS Paint. You can open up an image and do some real basic functionality against that, resize images and you know, put some quick text describing something. Um, for screen capture, very low price of free, you can use something called GreenShot. So if you're trying to explain something on your computer screen to your client or, hey, you got an IT contractor and you're trying to explain something that's broken on your screen, Use GreenShot. You take a screenshot. You can overlay some text or describe it with with a couple, like a highlighter pen and mark it up and then send it to your vendor. Or if you're working with a client and you have a screenshot, you can take a screenshot of your computer and email it to them. If you want to pay a little bit of money and get some more features, we at our at my consultancy, we live and die by a product called Snagit. And I use that probably five to 20 times a day to take a screenshot and append it with some markup and send it to my clients or internally among my team. If you want to record video and it's just like a little bit, like maybe four or five seconds, not four or five seconds, about four to five minutes, you can use TechSmith Capture, or I just thought of something called, I used to use called Loom, L-O-O-M.com. 
with Loom, you can capture up to 25 video clips, and they just have to be under five minutes each. So for audio editing, you can use a product called Audacity. And actually, Audacity was recommended to me by the fine folks here at WVLP. So they said I should download it and do my audio editing. The only thing I know how to do with that is download it, import my WAV file, and make sure all the levels are correct. That's all I know how to do with it. I use a product called Camtasia Studio to do my editing, but Audacity has got a great price for free, and if you really understand audio engineering, you could probably pick it up a lot faster than I could and make your edits. All right, so now we have our website, video, image editing, audio editing, and now you got to collaborate with people. And yes, you can use email, but I believe things are changing that people will use uh, instead of chat rooms or Facebook Messenger, they can use business collaboration tools. The two that we know of are Zoho Click, and that click is spelled C-I-L-Q, or Slack. I think Slack is the more popular one. I believe Microsoft owns that. Uh, the pricing is very under 100 bucks a year or something like that. But if you're working with a team of people, I, I think it's just faster than email, and you can file things by conversation. And actually, some of the tools within, I, we use Zoho Click in-house, uh, and I work with a, a UK office, and we live on Click. We can just have different chat channels. We can actually do video calls and voice calls without paying long-distance fees anymore. And we can do screen shares. And there's probably 100 other things I don't know how to do with it, but you could probably do it. The one thing I won't cheap out on, I, I haven't found a workaround to this yet. Uh, for video meetings and online conference calls, we found Zoom to be the best. There are a few others out there. It's, a, it's like 150 bucks for, for a year. Just get it. You can't get away with Zoom for free. I think you could do one-on-one -on -one meetings for as long as you want. But if you're a professional and you need like two or three or four people together, you, I don't believe you can or the meetings don't last long enough. So They only I last think, about 40 minutes to keep oh, them. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I resisted for a while because I used GoToMeeting forever. And GoToMeeting is awesome. There's also WebEx by Cisco. They're all good programs. Um, but I think Zoom was really, it was easy for my, the people I work with that were not tech heads could easily get in the Zoom and easily use it. And there was no tech support for me to try to get them to learn how to use Zoom. So there was not a lot of delay time. So that's my thought on collaboration tools. But now you got, you've collaborated, you got your audio, you got your images, but now you got to actually write documents, write proposals and all that. So let's get into some of the, more of the back office software. Um, if you really don't want to buy Microsoft Office, there are a couple options out there. Um, one is called OpenOffice. Uh, it's called OpenOffice.org, and it's free. You can do word processing, spreadsheets, uh, presentations. Uh, don't know what else. I haven't used it personally in about 10 years, but it's out there. And if you just, hey, you just want to resist Microsoft out of principle, go for it. The other product, uh, Google, is in that space a little bit. They have something called Google Google Docs or the Google Apps. Now, they got a free version of that. The good news is the price. It's free. The bad news that I 
notice. Now, Cynthia, if you have feedback, I'm more than happy to hear because I don't really use Google Docs. The only limit I know of is it's 15 gigabytes of space across all the Google universe. It's, um, we have it, uh, but the learning curve, at least for me and some others, it was confusing to get it to work, but it depends on the style of how you work. Some people like it. They like that layout, that collaboration, letting people can all multiple work on it, make edits or whatever. That is a nice thing. Um, but in addition to Google Apps, we do have Teams through Microsoft, and that's similar to Zoho Click or Slack. And we found that actually more helpful than Google Apps. But if you're on a tight budget, Google Apps would be the, the best way to go because um, it makes it easier for you to communicate with other people, especially when it comes to large documents. Perfect. Uh, a couple of the tools I listed here are if you need the print documents, the PDF. Microsoft usually has stuff out of the box, but it's a product we've used called Qt PDF. At least in my company, we use Microsoft Office, and you can get away with a $6 plan, but realistically, I pay $12.50 a month. I get everything I need. It just works. That's my thought behind Microsoft. As much as I, it pains me to say it, you know, it's it's always fun to be a, a resistor of all the trends or, re, you know, to be more individualistic. But, you know, Microsoft Office just works. You know, I'm in a crunch and I need something done. I use Excel and it saves me. Time is money. What we're going to do here is take a station pause and then we're going to get back into the world of CRM, my wheelhouse. Before we get into the next segment, we wanted to let you know you're listening to Getting Down to Business with Mark Mondo on WVLP 103.1 FM, a community radio station out of Valparaiso, Indiana. Thanks for listening, and let's continue. All right, let's get back to my favorite, CRM. When I'm not on the radio, uh, I help people with CRM software. And CRM software stands for Customer Relationship Management. What that does is it's software plus a process you put together that helps you get an advantage, whether it's sales, marketing, or customer service. So essentially, with CRM, you can take a contact into a database, like a spreadsheet, and do a lot of different things to it. We'll probably have to dedicate a whole nother show to CRM at, at some point. I don't know when. For the purposes of this show, we do recommend you having a database of customers stored somewhere. If you're getting started and you don't have a budget, there are actually CRM software packages out there that you can get for the low, low, low price of free. The two that we know of are one is called Zoho CRM, and they got a free version. And there's a version of Zoho called Zoho Bigin. It's kind of a weird spelling, B-I-G-I-N. And Bigin is a very stripped-down CRM. And then there's Zoho CRM free version. I'm going to be very brief on the differences between them. With the free version of Zoho CRM, you're limited to three people logging in. You don't get any custom fields. You will basically get an awesome Rolodex. You can put in notes, tasks, reminders, 
and some limited email, mass email sends at most. You can't integrate with Office or Outlook, but it gets you started. It gets you a nice Rolodex. It gets you your notes. It gets your follow-up. You can manage a pipeline. And, and or most importantly, they have a mobile app. So you can take that all your contacts from your CRM on your desktop and drop it in on your phone, and you don't miss a phone number when you're out in the field. With free stuff, you usually have limits like that. And Big In will be a stripped-down version of that where you can have maybe up to 500 contacts. You don't get any word processor integrations, but you can manage deals. You get your names, you get your phone numbers, you get your notes, and you can attach stuff. Like an, I call it an awesome Rolodex. And you can integrate it with, with Big In. You can integrate with some of the other uh, Zoho applications. One common question that we get, not as much anymore, but we found it to be a very common article that gets a lot of hits on our website is whether you can use Outlook as a CRM. Short answer, no. Now, is it because I'm selfish and I'm in the CRM business and I want to sell CRM software? No, because I use Outlook. In summary, what you cannot do with Outlook is track multiple notes against a contact. You have one big note, but not a lot of notes with dates and times. Dates, yes, you can have tasks, but the task can't relate to the out can't relate to the contact. They're just general tasks. Good luck trying to share Outlook contacts among a sales team, and you really can't get any security. That's very, very Distinct version of why you can't really use Outlook as a full CRM. It's called what they used to call a contact manager. And if you want to learn more about the why, why you shouldn't use Outlook as a CRM, I do have a post on my blog that if you'd like to read that, it is called, it is under mondocrm.com slash use hyphen Outlook hyphen as hyphen a hyphen CRM. So it's mondocrm.com slash use Outlook as a CRM. Could have gone for hours on CRM, but I got a lot more to cover, and Cynthia's keeping me on point. Yes, and one thing I'd like you to share with us about email programs. Okay. Well, that yeah, that's going to get – we're really going to get deep dive into that because we all think email's free. It can be. So I'm going to go into a couple tools that you can get away with some free email marketing. Now, we could all do a whole other show about email marketing and the mechanics of it and deliverability and all the other tech stuff and marketing copy stuff. But for the moment, let's just lay out a couple programs that you can get on the cheap and get something done today. Uh, one is called MailJet. And MailJet is, it comes with an editor and for free, you can send 200 messages a day with that. Uh, we have a real-life use case with that. I have a client that needed to get out a announcement that he was going to a trade show to 400 contacts, and his existing CRM was no longer working due to um, you know, the software not being supported anymore and so forth. So he needed to get something out the door. So what he did is he sent me a list of 400 names in Excel. I uploaded them. I, I used the email verification tool. In over two days, I sent off 200 contacts a day, and we used MailJet to edit the message, put a logo in there, put a link to a call to action, and he got the message out, and uh, hopefully he's having success at that trade show right now. 
It is feasible. Now, just note, it's a separate system, so it's not integrated with anything else. So that's the disadvantage of the free stuff. But, hey, you know what? All he had to do was pay for my time. He didn't have to pay for postage. He didn't have to pay for more software. It was just my advice and some mechanic work on my end and his investment in me relative to what he's going to get at a trade show is going to pay off for himself. Another tool that you can use that's the low, low price of free is called MailChimp, like the monkey. MailChimp has been around for, I think, almost 15 years. But what's really interesting about it is a aha small company called Intuit. You may have heard of them. They own Quicken and QuickBooks. They bought out MailChimp a couple of years ago. So now there's like a billion-dollar-plus company behind MailChimp. It's pretty cool. It's got a nice editor. Uh, it's got really good integration with other CRMs, not just the CRMs that I manage, but it is an industry standard. You can get a lot. It works really well with marketing agencies, and uh, they have a, an editor that's pretty easy to use. And what they do for the free version, they've changed their policy over the years. It used to be having 2,000 contacts, as many emails as you want. What I read recently is you could do 1,000 sends a month or 1,000 emails a month. And that's probably two or three campaigns a month, just depending on the list size. Um, other products that we know of, just full disclosure, we are a partner of it. It's a product called Constant Contact. They start at 12 bucks a month. I mean, they got a nice editor. They they handle some deliverability, uh, technical issues very easily. They got a nice editor um, for 12 bucks a month. What their limit is, is how many contacts you can host. So email marketing tools are priced by either the number of emails sent, like a post office, right? You pay for postage, or the number of contacts you host in their database. So you could have up to... They, it, it constant contact for 12 bucks, up to five, 499 contacts. But of those 499 contacts, you can email them as often as you wish. And in the email marketing world, there are hundreds of players out there for sure. All right, now you can do your marketing. But let's say you get some sales. Now you got to do some accounting. Got to collect the money. Got to classify your expenses and keep it all together. So I have found, what I have found uh, a few free tools here. Uh, one is called Zoho Books. That is free if you're less than fifty thousand in revenue. If you go over fifty thousand, then you've got to start paying for a different version. I did read you could use Excel if you wanted to with a bunch of predefined templates. Boy, I I don't know. Maybe you could do like an expense journal and just have a spreadsheet with you know, downloaded from your bank and just classify the expenses kind of, and then just hand it to your accountant and, and tell them good luck and Godspeed. I don't know. In theory, you could use Excel and just make a bunch of templates. You'd have to do a Google search, uh, Excel accounting templates, and you could try to ex use Excel for that. Uh, you could also go to QuickBooks Online. Uh, that's 15 bucks a month. If you use QuickBooks Desktop and go to QuickBooks Online, you're in for a very different experience. I'm going to leave it at that. I used QuickBooks Desktop for 20 years. It was great, but I believe Intuit doesn't want to sell QuickBooks Desktop anymore. And the only reason they're doing that, I, my humble opinion, is the desktop 
has more functionality than their online version and the migrations still aren't foolproof. And we have anecdotal evidence that one of our business partners who's in the cloud software business uses QuickBooks desktop. She tried to migrate to QuickBooks online and it, the experience was so awkward that she even had to resort back to desktop software. So you can get in, you can get QuickBooks desktop if you want. It's a few hundred dollars one-time fee, then you pay for their additional services like credit card merchants and payroll and all that. But personally, I think the world is going online with that kind of software uh, because they can make continual updates and so forth. A couple other programs you might want to think about are if you're selling subscriptions, let's say you're a coach and you sell a monthly subscription to your classes, like group classes and so forth, or you sell uh, a subscription to your gift club. There's a pro there's some products out there like subscription management tools. Uh, the one we know of is called Zoho Subscriptions. You can start off for free if you have less than 20 customers, so you can learn how to use it, and you you can set up products that with automatic billing and with automatic billing and manage a subscription. Um, there's some free invoice software out there called, uh, you can get free invoicing software. If you just want to have something that sends an invoice and get paid online and you do it with your accounting in a whole nother fashion, every way you wish. Uh, PayPal has that. If you have a PayPal business account, you can send invoices. And um, Zoho has a product called Zoho Invoice. Um, and full disclosure, if I haven't said so, um, we are Zoho partners. So I'm trying not to put a bias in there. And I'm trying to put a bias in there, but I do want to disclose that we are Zoho partners. Aside all that, let's say you get all your accounting stuff. We're not accountants by trade or you know lawyers by trade. But one thing we can recommend, I think that's safe without getting any legal trouble. If you're getting in your your first business and you haven't incorporated yet, at least keep your create a separate checking account somewhere and a separate credit card. So your accountant has everything. Uh, you're not commingling your personal business funds and it just makes life a lot easier for you at the end of the day and your accountant. And you want to keep your accountant happy, you know, make it easy for them for during tax time because they're going to be stressed out. Now I think I'm getting into the deep secret and really only thing that has come up like crazy in 2023. And we've done, we addressed this in episode two with my colleague Vivek. Uh, he talked about a product called ChatGPT. And that this falls under the category of AI. ChatGPT can become either, I'm going to call it your creative department for now. It can be an advisor. It gets a little off topic, but you can have ChatGPT become you're creative. And I'm going to give a couple easy examples. One was I have a UK office and there was a there is a database of prospects I haven't contacted in three years. I'm like, well, maybe, hey, I've already paid for that. Might as well see if I can email these 300 people and maybe spark a conversation. It only costs me time. It doesn't cost me any hard money because I've already invested in the company. But I really don't know how to write cold emails. And the jury is out on whether that works or not. Some people say yes, some people say no. We're gonna try we're gonna try cold email templates in our UK office. So I really don't know how to write one. 
I'm too frugal to hire someone. I could do a Google search and maybe find a bunch of templates. Maybe I can hire someone or I can find a bunch of templates. Or I could just use ChatGPT. So I started a conversation or they call a thread or a prompt. And I said, hey, here's my situation. I have a company called Wired Contact UK. These contacts haven't been called in three years. Here's our product. Here's our story. Can you write me a cold email? And include the subject line. And in about 10 minutes, I had something ready to go. I mean, that's just, just me, 10 minutes. I didn't have to hire somebody off of Fiverr. I didn't have to hire an agency. I didn't have to struggle all night to find the right words. It came up with a rough draft in a matter of minutes. I can go, oh, that's a great idea. And, and you can tweak it. After G Chat GPT gave me the idea, I translated it into our e-marketing software. I sent off a solicitation, and we got about a 20% open rate, 2% click rate. The jury's out on getting any new deals. But the best news out of that was I didn't get any unsubscribes or, hey, leave us alone, what's wrong with you kind of email. So, hey, at least it was neutral, and it wasn't awful. But I do have a colleague in the UK following up on those leads, and we're still having the jury. The, the jury is still out. But remember, at the end of the day, I didn't pay any hard cash. I just paid in time, which I have more of than I do hard money for the UK uh, uh, budget at this point. So you can use ChatGPT for that. You Let's say uh, a couple other things you could do are, I asked it, how do I create an SEO strategy? And it will start giving you very long answers, and it'll start getting into a couple SEO buzzwords you may hear you know, from an SEO consultant are like how to build long tail keywords versus short tail, short tail keywords. And how do you use a, a web page, the title tag to make sure the title of the web page exactly meets the topic you're trying to be uh, related to. Uh, but yeah, ChatGPT will give you a, some fundamental lessons on SEO tactics. And by the little sidebar on SEO strategy, another class, another piece of software you can do for on the cheap to learn things is called Udemy, letter U D E M Y. And I took a class for 10 bucks on SEO strategy. And what that allowed me to do, am I going to be an SEO expert and do that for a living for other people? Oh, God, no. But what I'll do instead is I can learn that skill and take it in-house. And I made a strategic decision that I will become pretty good at SEO so I can get more inbound leads. So it's a decision I've made where a skill I can take in-house. Because if you want to hire somebody out of house, I did meet somebody tonight at a marketing meeting or networking meeting at Gray's Lake that she's was low as $500, but I don't know what that doesn't include for 500. I would say the industry average for SEO consultant that's going to work on you daily or, you know, all the time is three to $5,000 a month because there's a lot of labor and Google does not give away its secrets lightly. So it is a constant chasing process between you and Google and you versus the world. 
So that's why a consultant will be in the three to 5,000 range. And after taking that $10 class, I understood why, because there's a lot to take in. What's an SEO mean? I'm sorry. Oh, my apologies. I got it. <laughs> See, this is why Cynthia keeps me on the level. SEO, search engine optimization strategy. So when you do a Google search and you want to look for Peruvian singers in Rogers Park, mm-hmm. we'll find our friend Luis Galvez mm-hmm. if he has a web page based on that. So right. Google, yeah, Google uses what they have, paid search. So when, you're, when you do a paid search, you'll see the little word ad next to something. So if you're searching for gym shoes, mm-hmm. not sneakers, gym shoes, you're in Chicago, and you want to uh, look for gym shoes, it, you see the first two, you'll see the word ad up there. Go, someone's paying Google, you know, maybe 20 to $30 just to get that click. That's where Google makes most of its money. Google's an ad agency at the end of the day. If you want to be below those ads, that's called organic search, and the race is on. I can also have, to go back to what else ChatGPT can do, I created that cold email template, and there's something that my colleague in the UK is doing, and he's not a writer by trade. He's a scientist. He was a molecular biologist, has ChatGPT helping him create long blog posts of two to 3,000 words. Will anybody read that? Probably not. A human may not read that, but guess what? Google doesn't care. Google will like that long post, and that will build what is called topic authority for him. So when he creates him and the AI tool, create that long-form post, Google loves ingesting all that text and information, and it will index it based on the topics he wants to be a expert about. Uh, so that's another, so ChatGPT is going to be an ally. It is, I don't believe it's going to be your enemy. And yeah, you can have a lot of jokes about, you know, is the sky falling with ChatGPT and AI and all that. But I think if you can leverage it right, I, I see in my company that I will be able to make a good return on my investment of the time to learn it in six months to a year, rather than trying to, um, you know, go their other, te- you know, traditional tactics like paid advertising and so forth. And it's um, also good for people who don't have all those skills in marketing or say for me, I don't know how to create HTML code. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it would, it would give me information on that. Yes. And It'll actually write the code for you. Yeah. Write a, write a web page that has the, this code. and I want this bold text mm-hmm. and it will do it. Or it'll, or you can ask it, how do I make text bold in HTML? Mm-hmm. It'll, It'll write a nice fluffy little paragraph for you. <laughs> so it's and write it back in spoken English, you know, written English as opposed to tech jargon gibberish. Okay. It's been it's really beyond. It, it's a killer app, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I haven't used that term since the eighties, so I'm very. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's it's a big deal. Uh, one last. Can thing. you use it? Can you use it, Chat uh, GPT, to create bots? blog posts like the yes. long form yes that's right yeah yes you can okay yep great yep so yeah you can start creating your blog posts you by the time you create blog posts video and other content that will help you become a topic authority in the eyes of google when you become a topic authority that gets you up the rankings so when somebody does a google search of peruvian singers in rogers park or peruvian singers in chicago and luis galvez has a web page for that 
he will come up first if he's writing more about him or he puts up audio and transcribes it in the text that will, you know, talk about where he's performed. And, you know, if he has something in his pages about, Hey, when I, when I sang this Peruvian song in Chicago about the Peruvian mountains and how wonderful they are. And he writes about that in his, in his webpage, then Google, if he writes a very long, eloquent post about that, the human may or may not read it, but Google will like to pick that up. And one, and that way he will be exposed more. Sorry. That way he'll be exposed more in searches and more searches because yes. of that information. Yeah. He will be the topic authority on Peruvian singers in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, I experimented one last G- chat GPT tool and it's called the Bing image creator. It's by Microsoft. Microsoft has a search engine called Bing and they they're playing upon that. They have something called the image creator and it uses a part of a tool called Dolly. They write it D-A-L-L hyphen E, Dolly. And it's part of the same company that produced ChatGPT. You can do is just write something in English and it will create images for you. So for my nephew, Nathan, he loves Godzilla. How much does he love Godzilla? His birthday present was to come to Chicago from Florida. And his dad and I took him to a Godzilla convention that I had no idea was in Chicago. It is the only one in the country. And it comes to Chicago in June. So I said, hmm, create an image of Godzilla destroying Chicago at night. And the AI thought about it for about two minutes, and it came up with four images. Wow. Done, done, and done. And I texted it. I, I put a text message to my nephew. I said, look at this, Nathan. Bang, 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 bang. And I put out four images to him, and he was so happy. <laughs> that is amazing. That is so amazing. Your graphic, you can, you know, for free, you can create imagery. You can edit images for free. The tools are out there. The, the, the landscape has changed in the last 30 years that I've been in the software industry. All this stuff would have cost thousands of dollars to get started. I think, we, should we start wrapping up? I think, are we towards I the end of our so. hour? I think so. Could Mr. you Jennifer? just, yeah, I think if you could just go over, give a quick overview, because you've shared so much good information and tools. Um, that might be good for just a quick review. All right. I'll start from the beginning here. All right. Let's start with the website. In summary, don't run your world with a Gmail or AOL.com address. Go get a domain name. You need to have a professional image. And some cheap places to get that are Weebly, GoDaddy, or Zoho sites. You can start as low as 20 bucks a year or 20 yeah, twenty bucks a year. Twenty bucks a year for the domain websites. The website itself can be anywhere from three to ten bucks a month. It, it's minimal. Uh, when you get the, if you want to go in the world of e-commerce, budget, start budgeting twenty-seven dollars a month and up. For video, you can use Vimeo or YouTube uh, or CapCut to edit those videos. For podcasting, you can use Podbean. For images, you can use the GIMP. Paint.net, Microsoft Paint, GreenShot, or TechSmith, uh, TechSmith Capture for screen recording. You can edit your audio with something called Audacity. For collaboration, you can look at Zoho Click or Slack. And we just say, all right, just pony up and spend the money on Zoom. It's worth it. <laughs> and actually, full disclosure, that's what we're using to record this 
this video show. We're going to use Zoom to record the lay down the audio track, and then we're going to use other tools to cut down my gaffes and create a finished piece using Audacity. You could, Microsoft is probably worth the 12 bucks a month, but if you need to get away with the free stuff or just work out a principle, there's OpenOffice and Google Docs or Zoho WorkDrive. Um, when it comes to CRM, there's Zoho CRM free version. It's a free version that's up to three users, and you just basically get names, numbers, and pipeline tracking. There's also a stripped-down version of that. It's called Zoho Begin. Outlook, I don't recommend. It's not a CRM. It'll manage your contacts and put them anywhere you go, but it is not a CR, true CRM. It is mainly just managing your names and your phone numbers and your email addresses. That's where it's strong. All right, for email marketing, there's MailJet and MailChimp for free. In the accounting world, you can go to Zoho Books for free. You could try Excel, and for uh, you could get in the QuickBooks as low as $15 a month for the online version. You could also use something called Zoho Subscriptions if you have less than, you know, start off with less than 20 customers. And for invoicing, you can use uh, PayPal and Zoho Invoice. You just have to accommodate for the payment processing fees by your payment gateway. So if you take credit cards, you always want to budget, you know, maybe a couple of, you know, under 50 cents a transaction and uh, very rough. Three, I, I always budget like 3%, you know, taken away for their fees to, to um, process the money. And then your creative department is chat GPT and Bing Image Creator. All right, we're reaching the end of the hour. I'd like to thank Cynthia for keeping me on track because it's really difficult for me to, <laughs> to try to put in like 30 years of software industry experience in the one hour. Yeah, especially in the CRM side. I mean, you can have we, we, email marketing and CRM. You can go on for you can you can have its own show uh, for each of those topics. So thanks. Thank you for keeping me on track, Cynthia. You're welcome. And I learned a few new th things myself. So that's great. And, you know, if you miss some of the show today, you can listen to the replay on Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time on WVLP. 103.1 FM or the, their live stream at WVLP.org. And by the way, I store the past shows on my website at mondocrm.com slash podcast. Or you can listen to the podcast on your favorite app at any time. Now listed in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and Podbean. Just search for Mark Mondo, and the show will come up, and you could subscribe to the show for the latest updates. We thank you very much for spending time with us today, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.